Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. It is hard to believe that the 2020 election is just a few short days away. I know many of you who are listening cannot wait till it's over because you're tired, you're weary of the political climate that we have been facing, and you're tired of talking about it. And you probably want to turn this episode of Fearless off before I start talking about politics. Back in January, I kicked off this year with a podcast about politics and Christians involved in politics because I knew that would kind of be our defining word of the year, although there's probably been lots of defining moments of this year that were unexpected. But before you turn this episode off, there are a few things I want to encourage you to think about just days away from the election, and maybe it's something you can share with your friends and with your family. The two things they say you should not talk about in mixed company are religion and politics. But I happen to be very passionate about both of those. Obviously, our faith was intentionally woven into the core of our family when I was growing up. And current events and politics were always talked about in our home. My dad was always keeping us up to date, always talking about what was going on in the world. But if I was to look back, I think it was in my freshman year of high school, that the love of politics really started to take root in my heart. I can remember sitting in my political science class with a teacher named Mr. Combs. And I can remember when I turned 18 years old, I told everybody I was so excited that it was the year I could vote and it was during an election year. But I guess I was a little naive because I thought all people my age, especially Christian millennials, thought like me, but I was wrong. Most people my age don't like to talk about politics. I can remember one time being at work and another millennial across from me said he didn't believe any Christians should have roles in politics. So when I realized I was wrong, I had to do some reevaluation to um, figure out why people, you know, why was this a trend that so many Christians didn't want to be involved in politics and thought Christians shouldn't have a role in politics. But I think it's because politics is an ugly word, especially as the political climate continues to heat up as each party has so much at stake. And it is easy to become weary and frustrated and angry with the political climate that we have faced. And so many of us are raw with emotion, especially after the last four years, but especially with the year that 2020 has been. But on this episode, I wanna encourage you not to look at the word politics, but let's look at it as governance and who will govern over you. And you kind of ask me, well, what does that really mean, govern over you? That kind of sounds distant. It sounds a little bureaucratic, but it's not. It's what happens in your life every single day. It's what happens from the moment you wake up in the morning till you lay your head down to sleep at night. Governance means how you and I are allowed to live. What food can we eat? What car can we drive? Where can we walk? What school can we send our children to? And who will decide what books our children will read? How are you allowed to build your house? How are you allowed to worship? Can we live according to the most cherished beliefs that we hold? How are we allowed to raise our family? 
And even during and after this pandemic, just the simple notion of where are we even allowed to go? How can we even run our own businesses, schools, and charities? And that's what being governed actually means. And those are the things I want you to think about. And right now, we have two political parties fighting over who's going to govern over us. But the critical difference right now is how we will be governed. And these parties have two different visions for America. And we are at a crossroads here in America facing two ways that America could go. And they are completely opposite. In 2016, 40 million evangelicals did not vote. And yes, in 2016, we had two unlikely candidates. And many evangelicals did not vote because they didn't love either person. And I'm hearing people say the same thing again this year. I know people and you know people, maybe it's friends or family that say they're gonna sit it out again because they don't love either candidate. But I wanted to ask you a question. When did we start having to love a politician? We didn't love Johnson, Nixon, or Carter. And Eisenhower's slogan was, I like Ike, because that was like the best we could possibly hope for. In America, we vote on a person's ability to lead and their stand on public policy. But love, that's never just been the standard because I tell you what I love, aside from my family, I love my freedom. I love my right to worship. I love what our constitution represents. I do not love based on the love for the person, but loving the policies they represent for the love of my family and my neighbors, that's what I vote on. And for 40 million evangelicals to sit out on the election, for moms, for women like me, sitting, on, sitting out of this election because you do not love either candidate is not an option. Not one person can afford to sit on the sideline this November. The very first line of the First Amendment protects our freedom to worship God. It was only 45 words, and it actually states the free exercise of religion. And that means living on our faith in our daily lives, whether that's in our schools, in our jobs, our businesses, and yes, even in that public square. And our founders did not envision a quiet, hidden faith. They knew it was the foundation that this country should be built on because they fought to ensure that voices of faith were always welcomed. Our founders knew it was fundamental for this very new idea called America that they had envisioned. But however, there have been too many Christians who have adopted the philosophy because there's people that govern over us who have told us for way too long that our faith should be kept inside the four walls of our home and our church. And I believe if you're listening, you know many people with that philosophy, as so do I, as people in our education system. And once again, those who are governing over us have taught us that. But here's the bottom line. Right now, we're facing the choice of two completely different visions of America. And how we are governed has never mattered more. It is truly essential. Let's look at the subject of life. Yes, it's something we believe in, a child who is alive and growing and thriving in the womb, as science is now proven. And we're not arguing about even a first trimester abortion right now, 
that there are people who govern over us who believe there's nothing wrong with exterminating a child in the sixth, seventh, and eighth month, and even up until the moment of birth. This year, I went to the March for Life. And as a millennial, I've always kind of thought Roe versus Wade was the law of the land, that it's not gonna go anywhere, but we could just do things maybe to chip away, maybe, you know, um, as Christians and as the churches, we should help those women in need. But I truly believe after going to the March for Life and seeing the pieces that God has put together, because I was inspired by the young people at the March for Life who have grace, who have truth, and now have science on their side, who are fighting to overturn this. Because what we're facing is truly barbaric that we're talking about the moment up till birth. And if there's a child born, even after a botched abortion, the people think you shouldn't help save that child that is sitting there on that table. And the question is, how are we as Christians to turn our backs on this subject? I was asked a question on a panel last week that how should we as Christians talk to our friends who are Christians, but believe in pro-choice? And that's a really hard question because I don't understand how we've gotten to that point in this country. I think the churches have failed to address this situation and we've lost that subject from the pulpit. But this is where it shows you that what we're fighting for and we as Christians can't stand before God one day and say, God, I did nothing for those, the most precious in our society, those in the womb, children. I did nothing for them and we turned our backs because who governs us matters is truly essential. We look at the subject of religious liberty, the freedom to worship, to go to our church, for many to go to their synagogue, to praise God in fellowship. Our religious liberty is essential. The way that our forefathers intended it to be, to be lived out in every aspect of life and our jobs, our business, and our schools, not forced to decide between our job and our faith. In just two weeks, the Supreme Court of the United States will once again hear another religious liberty case, and they hear way too many at this point. And they'll decide whether a faith-based foster agency has to violate their religious beliefs in placing children in their homes with same-sex couples. And the thought of that, just to make someone go against their religious beliefs in this country, to make them choose between their job or their faith is truly anti-American. And that's why who governs us matters. It is essential because we've seen it over and over. Let's talk about our children's education, just as I discussed on the last couple episodes. This is truly essential. Sending a child to the school of my choice where our values aren't trampled upon by progressive activism and an extreme sex education curriculum, where privacy and safety aren't tossed to the wind by a transgender ideology, and where biology is not considered bigotry. We have people who govern over us right now, who are fighting to govern over us, who believe that it is okay for an eight-year-old to decide if they wanna change their sex. Yes, a life altering with lifelong consequences deciding at eight years old if they should change their sex. I have a seven-year-old. My seven-year-old can't even remember to brush her teeth, but we have those who govern over us who believe it's okay for eight-year-olds to change their sex. I truly believe you know, that we are in a spiritual war for the hearts, the mind, and souls of our children. And there's people who govern over us 
who are coming after our children because if they can change the mindset of the youngest generation, then they think they can win. And as a mom, I will fight for my children as long as I can. I've shared that story before on school board um, in the last episode because I truly believe who governs us matters is essential. We can look at the subjects of courts and our judges who decide and rule. It is those judges who decide on everything I've talked about and a whole lot more. They will decide on life. They can decide on death. And it'll be those judges and the courts who decide whether the founder's vision of a free America will continue or will it be stopped in our tracks because who governs us matters is essential. But there's also things that matter, you know, like ending human trafficking, the issue of socialism that is coming quickly and that there are those who govern over us who believe in socialism, the subject of Israel. There's so many things that we could talk about that are truly essential and who governs us matters. To talk about freedom, to talk about the church, to talk about life and the precious freedom to vote are all important things. But I wanna remind you, there's one thing that's truly essential to all human beings and that is love. Love is essential for everyone. We need it, we seek it, we search for it, we long for it. But the greatest love story to ever be told is that of Jesus Christ when he spread his arms out wide for the entire world. They were mocking him, but he hung on that cross for you and for me. And right now we have people who govern over us who are fighting to govern over us, who will mock God, who have attempted to remove God from everything. And growing up, with Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I have seen the consequences and the aftermath where government has attempted to remove God. But Jesus Christ, when he surrendered his life on that cross for you and for me, he did it because he loved us. Because of his love, he provided the way for us to have freedom from the sin that held us captive But with freedom, he gives us the choice, a choice to choose him or reject him. He doesn't make us bow a knee to him. And although one day every knee will bow, but the beauty of freedom is that you have a choice. And here in America, we have been given the precious gift of an earthly freedom that our government established, that no other country in the history of the world has known before America, and that we've been a beacon of light amongst the world with that freedom. And with that extraordinary gift that our forefathers fought for with this idea of America and to give us this gift of freedom, And that we as Americans have been given the gift to choose to be a voice, to choose to be part of the solution. What a gift that is when I think of the men and women, especially the women and the moms that I've met around the world who would do anything to be a part of that freedom, to be a part of that voice, to be a part of that solution. And I wanna encourage you to whom much is given, much is expected. And you as an American and as a Christian, you've been given the gift of a freedom to be a part of the solution. And I believe that much is expected of each of you this election, 
that we as Christians can't sit it out and throw this freedom away. And I wanna encourage you on this episode that if you have people that you know that aren't gonna vote, to be able to talk to them with truth and with grace, but present some of these ideas with them because much is expected of us. Once again, thank you for joining me on another episode of Fearless. I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. And just with a few short days away, I wanna encourage you, if you are looking for an election guide, it's hard to find truth, it's hard to find facts out there. You can go to CNN, you find another truth. You go to Fox News, you'll find a different one. But for those of your friends or family that say they don't know how to vote, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association did a special election guide that will just give you the facts where each party stands there's wonderful articles about how involved should Christians be in politics. It's very biblical based. And then it just gives you the facts of like what's at stake for each state with the Congress. And I just wanna encourage you, you can download it. I will put that in the show notes. And I also wanna encourage you to be praying. Pray for this nation and that God will show mercy on this nation in a time of need. I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 